everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I am joined by my brother from another mother, Brian Brown Doing. How's it going, BBD? It is going great, and another father, too. Hey. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, no, yeah. Brian was our wonderful co-host last week, and we had an awesome time. And it's it's. I'm just happy to have you back, bro. Oh, yeah, it is. It is wonderful. You know, I, I got to say, I'm really excited for this week's episode. Uh, we got some really cool new cards to talk about. And uh, I, I just I think it's going to be a great one. Yeah. And before we get into it, I just want to let everyone know that this podcast can be found on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher. Uh, and yeah, I guess we can get to our special guest for the episode if you're in. Oh, yeah, sure. We got lined up. Great. All right. So uh, we actually have someone interesting because we are talking about call time. Uh, spoilers today we're going to be talking all things call time and we've got one of the only people in the world that have actually played games with these cards thanks to the stars of the games versus live you remember we used to do that show together i do i do recall that yeah that no that's an exciting special guest for sure yeah we always got to do the extra you know play with the cards before they came out and this person actually has first-hand experience with these new cards and they'll be able to walk us through a lot of them and it it is none other than Corey. what is this baymeister it's it's ballmeister brad nelson Ballmeister. okay perfect yeah first of all i want to say huge fan of the podcast y'all it is honestly an honor and a privilege to be able to you know step foot into just such a established podcast already so really happy to be here and really excited to uh talk about uh the exciting world of cold ham Mm. yes yes i i am excited to talk about all things cold ham today do you not microwave it? <laughs> you got microwave cold ham, BBD. What is wrong with you? Many things, but do you not microwave it? <laughs> I do not. Okay. I do not. I what actually, are you talking about? We are sophisticated people now. We air fry it. I was yeah, just right. going to say, I'm sophisticated <laughs> now. And I had a couple beers one night and saw an infomercial for a air fryer. And I just straight up called that 1-800 number. And got one delivered to my house. What the fuck are you talking about? Are you a boomer, Corey? Are you like from the 1990s? I know. I had never called in and bought something like ever. What were you even watching? Like real TV? (laughs) Yeah, I was watching real TV. I was watching... Infomercials? (laughs) Yeah, so I was watching a football game and then it went right into the news and then it segued right into an air fryer uh, infomercial and you know what? They got me. They got me good. So now I have wait, a bu- wait, wait. You did just go to Amazon and like try to find a good one? No. At a better no. price? <laughs> I just straight up bought it. I just what straight up bought it. Uh, what the hell? What is, trust me, do you live in? Like, that is the boomeriest I, thing you've ever done, Corey. Trust me. I regretted every second of it with like the ninth thing that they tried to upsell me. I was just like, no, I just want the fryer with the eight cool things that do all the things. And... Yeah, I, I learned my lesson, but it did feel you interesting just to asked do us, that. Like, you know? I actually, you know, I, I, I did my research and bought a really good one that I'm really happy with. Yeah, how much was it? Air fryers are really awesome, though. You're not going to regret having one. Yeah, it Unless looks it's cool. like a really bad one. I mean, honestly, the with all the things that that person did how much with was that it? air fryer, it was 180 bucks, and it had a bunch of other crap. Oh, God, that it came better with, be a but... good one, because... Is it's is it the ninja? 
I have no idea. Honestly, uh, I vaguely remember even you should like, you, yeah, you it, should not but... have just infomercially. You should have just bought a ninja. Oh, They're like the guaranteed. same price. And like ninja products are, are are just like above and beyond the best. I don't know though. You know what? I've been trying to absorb other people's content, and that infomercial's content was pretty good. I had to sub, and the sub cost one hundred and eighty dollars. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing you're not going to get any more commercials from their content. <laughs> Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Yeah, we'll go no with that. more ads, I guess. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, nice to have you on board. Uh, how Thank many you. times have you... So so you're on Star City Games, and you play yes. on the Versus uh, Live series. Now, um, yes. now I, have, I, have, I have a question. Um, mm-hmm. How shitty is it to to work with Ross Mario? I knew that's what the question was going to be. <laughs> you know, you know, it's actually a delight because whenever I'm feeling bad about my day, I'll go and I'll just win the marbles, and you know, I, everything feels just so much better. You know, right, so I, it, it's great. I have a second question. Yes. If you had to give your Twitter account to a person for a day, would it rather be Ross Mariam or Matt Sperling? Oh, God. I thought, I thought we agreed we weren't going to talk about that on Twitter. <laughs> on our podcast. No uh, comment. No comment. Is there an option C? There's a third question. All right. How yes. many times have you played with Call Time on, on, on air so far? Uh, we've had three shows. Um, the first show, we only had like, you know, seven cards available. So it was just existing standard shells. And we got to throw in, you know, a, a couple of rares so two full shows of uh exploring new ideas um and then just planned a f um a fourth show for tomorrow with all the stuff that we got today you know including uh uh jorn uh was kind of the hot one that we got uh yesterday so yeah three full shows full shows and then one half one okay so yeah. I mean, like, so for this episode, just so everyone actually knows what's going to happen is Corey knows a decent amount about the set, but Brian and mm -hmm. I have, are kind of going in blind for this episode because, well, we could have spent a lot of time preparing and doing that. We spent the last few days testing his story because for some unknown reason, we have <laughs> MPL League weekend this weekend where we had to practice historic right before a new set comes out. Yeah, um, that that sounds way less enjoyable than the magic that I've been playing. I built a pet modern deck that I've been having a blast with and then just new call time ideas because I do not want to touch standard or historic until we get a shakeup. Uh yeah, I mean I, I agree with you uh wholeheartedly on that. Um mm -hmm. but but like, you know, I, I'm excited about a new set coming out, but this is the first time that I've actually done an episode where I have not really looked at a lot of the cards or thought much about it. Like yeah. As as 2020 went went on, like my connection to reality and to magic has slowly been slipping. And I think a lot of people can agree. And I listen to a lot of other podcasts, actually. Um, one of my new, you know, we can't interact with other people. And so one of my sanity check hobbies lately is just get into a vehicle. We just bought a new car because the, the old one, the, the old Crown Vic was, you know, uh, <laughs> was was seeing its last days. It was starting to become uh, what is it called? A money pit. Yeah, as as yeah. defund the cops grew in popularity, Brad, <laughs> Brad realized he had to get rid of the old Crown Vic because things were coming down around him. So. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. But but so I, I I often will just like go to Starbucks and like the closest one is a walk-in one, which I'm not going to do anymore. Yeah. And so I just go to a drive-through, and I'll probably do that after this episode, and I just pop on a podcast, a magic one. 
Okay. And and so I've I've realized that through content consumption, there's two things that I've learned is that most content creators of magic are slipping like I have been. Yeah. Um uh, and and a second thing is uh I I believe that more people need uh need uh what's it called stability in their content like you know you know how everyone says that you're supposed to stream on a schedule because people need to get used to it but yeah. instead of that it's like the content i get like i have been gravitating this year towards people that make the same type of content each week That's okay not, like, you got an example choice. or um yeah like yo man's like when we used yo man's example where you yeah. know they have that like that same formula for each episode Mm, okay. It's also much easier as a content creator to do that too. I've I've found, you know, yeah. if you have if you have a you know thing that you do every time or a thing that you do every week, it, it's a lot easier to produce content that way. And if it's something that's valuable to people, you know, it's a good formula. I mean, say, I mean, that's dropping bombs. You know, yeah, that's that's something that's been the same since you know, God, like four years now, maybe. God, that seems well, crazy, but so so the structure yeah. of that is the same, but you play different formats, and it's just you recording magic. Yeah. Yes, every time someone comes, they know they can watch you play magic. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but like, I'm more talking like the exact content. Like, I don't know how to. The, okay, the best way to explain it is. Like, um, I'll unveil it here because just we we have to cross some T's and dot some I's, but I'm coming back to content creation for Star City Games. Woo! Uh, Woo! Yeah, and I'll be nice. starting next week or the week after. Um, and instead of, like, you know how everyone in, in Magic is kind of a journalist in content creation uh, instead of, like, a columnist? Okay. Where, where, like, a journalist goes and it's like, you know, once... So when you start working for, like, a newspaper or a magazine or something... You start off as a columnist. It's like you write about like the best pie in the state. And yeah. so that person just each month finds the person that baked the best pie or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And then as you as you climb up the ranks, you can become a journalist. And a journalist is like, they pick their story. Yeah. They're like, whatever I'm they're gonna passionate go out. about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go out and uncover, you know, white supremacists in politics and you know mm -hmm. i mean that story's blowing up right now we're at the fucking series finale of that shit yeah um, no kidding it went all the way to like, the top yeah <laughs> yes yeah speaking of new content the season finale of america is getting crazy these days yeah, it's, 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 it's wild holy um, shit <laughs> oh dude they've been renewed for a ninth season we were uh, we were actually watching the the house of representatives uh voting on impeachment this morning yeah and, and 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 Amber comes back into the the living room and I'm like, you didn't miss anything. It's like after last week's like jumping of the shark, like the the, the show has gotten really boring. <laughs> like, yeah, I was gonna say this is like you know Breaking Bad. Like at at the end of that series, like how did they they couldn't make another one? It seems like America is already you know what dead. Are you how did we about? make they another? They did one? make yeah. another one. It was a prequel <laughs> and it's better than the original. Funny thing is, is that that's true. I, that's true. I mean, this uh, for us living now because we're so tuned in with our own world. But I mm -hmm. I don't think that this is even like the highest america's gotten i mean there was the civil war you know what i'm saying like revolutionary yeah. war oh, what's crazy is even the civil wars, war like, though 
even during the Civil War, the Confederate flag never got into the Capitol building. <laughs> yeah. Like, this was the first time. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I agree with that in a sense, BBD, but also just the compiling amount of crazy shit that's going on right now. I feel like we're getting, you know, close to the... I don't know, the most radical time in the United States with just how many things are happening right now, you know? Oh, like, I don't I mean, think any lot, one I'm not event... Trying to, like, I'm not yeah, trying to diminish yeah. what's happening, but I feel like yeah. a lot of people overblow... Not overblow, it's not the right word, but mm. they're like, this is like the most wild shit that's ever happened. It's like, I don't think that has a lot of historical basis behind it because there's been some fucking wild shit that's happened in yeah, I mean, like the country's history democracy and other is. What's that? It, do, it does show how fragile our society and democracy is, though. Yeah. Oh, like Trump, in, well, yeah. in four years, Trump has done like 20 years worth of damage. I mean, our, our government was based off the honor system, and it just takes somebody who's not willing to play by the honor system to be a part of it before it mm -hmm. breaks yeah. down, so... Yeah, yeah. But anyway, agreed. journalists and columnists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but like, uh, I actually want to start making content like that. Like, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna start like a standard. Like, I have these graphics I've never used in a long time for like, uh, you know, uh, setting the standard that I've been wanting to do for a while. Mm -hmm. And and I might just do that with with that, and just each week talk about like, get into the nuts and bolts of what's been changing in standard instead of drop everything i know about it for one week and then have nothing to say the next week and and mm -hmm. because it's it all feels too small like that's the weird thing about content it's like if i drop a giant awesome cyborg guide right after a tournament mm -hmm. the next week if i just like change three cards i feel like it's too small yeah but yeah. to get really into the nuts and bolts of standard and really talk about all the nuances and changes each week and see how that goes so that's what i'm going to do uh, right away, which I'm really excited about and i just oh. have to figure out the branding whether it's setting the standard or this week in mm -hmm. standard or you yeah, know. you know, that's kind of awesome because I actually just started um, a YouTube series last week just called Modern or Mastering Modern. Just the same thing, just talking about, you know, how different modern decks and stuff, but only modern. So kind of cool that, that you're doing something me. like that. Huh? Yeah. Uh, the golden ticket thingy starts on Magic Online today, so I'm probably going to buy that. Mm. And, so, and, and so get me some modern deck lists. I'm, I'm, next week, I'm going to like, I think I'm going to stream and play a lot of magic online magic next week because i get access to all the cards if i buy the thing yeah no i think that deal is awesome you know yeah, i'm gonna um, do that yeah it's a really cool really cool thing and modern is still quite fun so um what i'm discovering is that if for you to have a column name it has to have alliteration so mm -hmm. like, i really do like alliteration it's like setting mm -hmm. the standard mastering modern well, yeah. you guys are about to get a taste of my new fucking column. It's called Huffing Historic, and it is going to be a delight. <laughs> Where we ingest only the best historic necklaces. Nice. That, you know, that brings me to a good idea. I want to try punting pioneer, you know, where yeah. you just punt you know, every pioneer you know how, deck across yeah. a lawn. I just I just see Brian be like, you know, how everyone says it's it's it's, you know, it's nice and a nice uh, aged wine. Well, why yeah. don't you try a stale historic <laughs> yeah. where the same fucking decks are good now that were nine months ago? Yeah, holy crap. Can you guys talk about, uh, I know this is kind of off topic, but can you talk about the decks you guys are playing or you guys want to keep it under wraps? They, they don't They don't come out until uh, I'm playing Saturday morning. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna say because there's other people that I worked with and that outs more people. And okay. the moment I say it, then maybe somebody wants to test because like I tested with a few other MPL members, you know? Oh, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. I'm by myself like, and I played Gruel, let's go. Like let's if play. I knew like three it. people, <laughs> if I knew three people in the MPL were all playing the same archetype and I could get it, the deck list pretty known, I would test against it. Yeah, oh, for no, sure. that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like if don't. I heard like, you know, three people were on like Paradox Engine or something, I'd be like, fuck, I have to go test that. Or It's just uh, historic this weekend, right? Yes. Okay. What do you mean okay. just historic? It's fucking historic. Yeah. The greatest magic <laughs> format of all time. This, this, this weekend is going to be historic. Like, do you yeah, remember all the cards yeah. they should have banned in standard? Well, you get to play them in historic. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, it is kind of refreshing to be playing Burning Tree Emissary and have it not be anywhere close to as a buff. Like, I remember when Burning Tree Emissary was the fucking scourge of standard, and I hated that card with burning passion because it was so fucked up. And now yeah. I'm playing it in a format where it's like, eh, everyone's doing a fucking like it's people already are playing been banned too. You know that, right? Oh, was it? Yeah, it, it was on the suspension list. Yeah, yeah, yeah and historic and came off of it. When people yeah. are like, you know, it's ridiculous to have this card on the suspended list when there's other things like, you know, like fucked up. Well, I like think grow spiral into an <laughs> extinction event after they play it. Like, you know, yeah, like it doesn't I, seem busted. It doesn't seem busted. I mean, it's a very good card. Still, oh, it's but it very good in that deck. Mm -hmm. All right. I like, want to talk about I'll take a, a slight different direction here. So we should probably talk about call time soon, though. <laughs> I, this is oh, getting into call time, actually. Perfect. So, um. I want to talk about spoiler season and how Watsy made what I consider the biggest mistake they've ever made. You guys oh, might God. differ on it, but I really that's think bold, that's a bold claim. Just I want to preface real quick before whatever you're going to say. Okay. The biggest mistake Wizards made is maybe the that's like very bold. That's like mm -hmm. saying like the stupidest thing Trump has ever said. Yeah. Oh, it's the biggest mistake. It's, it's bold. <laughs> this is the biggest mistake wow. they've ever made. So. They have, you know, like it's it I guess it's now is it still spoiler season? I can't remember. Like I think the wording has changed on it now. Preview season. Preview season. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So it's now preview season and they're previewing all these new cards. And recently there was some also some drama on Twitter um that I we're not gonna get into. Like Isn't around the metal drama? No, Matt Sperling and some other stuff going oh, on. Okay. And I thought that it would have been insane if all that drama was just Matt Sperling's way of previewing the new card, Waking the Trolls. If it was all <laughs> an elaborate setup. And the oh, fact, that would have been so good. Yeah, the fact that Watsy didn't go out of their way to have an elaborate <laughs> troll setup to preview Waking the Trolls is an unforgivable mistake. I can forgive Oko, Uro, any number of things that they've done, that one, I don't think I can do. Like, I mean, I'm just sad that they didn't get, um, <clears throat> uh, what's the band? Metalocalypse. What's the band from Metalocalypse? Death Clock. Yeah, Death <laughs> Clock to do that Awaken the Trolls. Just like, Awaken, Awaken. Oh, oh that would have like, been a delight too, yeah. Oh, well, you know, yeah. they did They did get a lot of metal bands to preview no, cards. Oh, though, oh right? yeah, they yeah. did. Okay, I okay. Mean, no, I definitely know that. And so, like a few of them were pretty big name metal bands, right? 
Oh yeah, Mastodon is huge. Yeah, a yeah. couple of them were small as shit though. Like one of them, I'm like, okay, I've never heard of these people. And I checked and they have like 200 followers. I'm like, I, neither has anyone else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Death Kitten Parade. I gotta say that this set is right up my alley. I mean, it's it's a Scandinavian metal set. Like, <laughs> Dude, it's like, yeah, it, it is like if Vikings went to westeros and oh like, yeah and it's vikings too it's my favorite my favorite sports team yeah so it's, rob's been in love with this set too uh you know the producer at versus oh, he's very he's very he's very viking-esque exactly and he loves metal too so he's been loving it as well yeah it's it's uh, beautiful yeah i just yeah like like so we can actually start here real quick i just want to say like yeah like half the cards though that i look at i feel like they came right out of game of thrones <laughs> like yeah, like, the, I mean, snow. Yeah. snow. <laughs> yeah, I feel like some of the snow overlap. I feel like that's just the natural thing to think about. Probably God, because, no. you, you know, you, they made this set, what, a year and a half ago or whatever? I guess Game of Thrones wasn't super huge then, but uh, yeah, there are some definite similarities. That's for sure. Oh, the pop culture references are here. I see yeah. you, drugger <laughs> necromancer. I see you. <laughs> I yeah. see you, Jordan Snow. <laughs> yeah, Jordan. Jordan Snow is just like egregious. <laughs> really? Jordan, I that bad. God I mean, of Winter, I a, legendary snow creature. I got a preview card coming out at the end of the week, and it's uh, Stannis Bear Asion. I thought that one was a little on the nose, but. <laughs> so. Wow. Wow. Impressive. <laughs> um, no, I but. but oh. Oh, sorry, BBD. Go ahead. Okay. I Yeah, we're going to jump right into the cards. I just want to say one last thing is that the more and more new sets get previewed, the harder it is for me to, like, even read the cards. Like, you look at a card, like, I'm going to say, just pick Allrend God of the Cosmos. And it's like, it's got so much text on it. And it has it's a unreal. backside that also has so much text on it. It's like, I, I need to take, like five minutes just to understand what a card does anymore oh, it's got I, it's like 75 much. words like, on it and flavor text yeah it i it's don't know it's absolutely just, insane lately i i just feel like every card i can't just look at it and know what it does it takes me so long to have to think about it because there's like three different abilities and i and they they all do different things and i have to understand how they would all play together and stuff it, mm -hmm. i don't know it's it's really hard to even just read through magic cards these days and honestly, every title, every card name is like three words, you know, like the, the times of just having a one word uh, creature, you know, are, are kind of uh, in the rearview mirror, I, I feel. But it makes sense, you know, they got to run out of ideas eventually and they just have to be, you know, putting more abilities to uh, keep everything fresh. And I stuff, don't but. I don't think it's a lack of creativity. I no, think I it think is. So I think it is an over complexity of cards to create interesting game like. It's just yep. like you want the 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 sensation. You want replayability. The, yeah. Well, no, it's not replayability. This is at the cost of replayability. Really? Uh, this is another episode, Brian. We will do this episode later. Let's <laughs> talk about new cards. All right. Um, yes. The, okay. the the way new cards are designed comes at a cost of replayability. Hence, why I fucking hate playing historic because it's all Nissas and Cocos and Gob Muxuses, You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but we, we can get into it deeper in another episode or never. Yeah, just just yeah. bury it in the snow. Um, bury so it in the before, dorn, as they say. Yeah, let's let's actually talk call time now. Call time comes with a few new abilities, so we're going to talk about them 
before we get to any of our new cards for anyone that hasn't been keeping up uh starting with foretell now yeah. foretell I, I i don't i don't have a card with foretell in front of me but it's it's effectively like morph now for the cost of the low low price of two colorless two generic mana at sorcery speed mm -hmm. uh or during your turn not even sorcery speed during your turn you can um you can during your turn you may pay to and exile the card from your hand face down cast oh it wow on you can do that at your end step and shit huh yeah interesting yeah uh because we need we need reclamation you know wilderness reclamation to be better right um <laughs> uh cast it on a later turn for its foretell cost so how these cards work is they have a base cost like a normal magic card mm -hmm. and then they have a foretell cost that is i mean i'm assuming all of them are cheaper because that would make really little sense to have foretell if it wasn't cheaper um and, yeah. and i'll give an example of a card let's do behold the multiverse three colorless blue instant scry two then draw two cards foretell colorless blue so now this card's really interesting because it's cost and it's foretell plus uh activation cost is the same is so, the you same. Can either, yep. so you can either pay three you to scry two and draw two cards which is a good card glimmer glimmer of genius is good um was it was a very good magic card yep and but you can also pay two on like turn two and then later in the games you can pay it's foretell or you can foretell it um like let's say you have like uh yeah, I guess I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, you can bluff it, right? You can bluff that it's a counter spell, but it's actually it. And there's there is gameplay to even when you have all the mana to cast it or foretell it, you can foretell it first. But yeah. um your opponent it, plays it, it, there is. is a counter spell foretell as well. You know, I think that's the thing that makes it pretty interesting. I don't think the counter spell is particularly good. Um, it's saw it coming um uh one colorless blue blue counter target spell foretell for one colorless blue so that actually adds mana to the card which is a little brutal if you foretell it um but i i do really like behold the multiverse just because you can just set up some really good turns where you foretell this on two do something on three and then turn four interact plus behold um turns like that you know i i do think this card is better than glimmer because of that um, and I think this card will see a lot of play in a deck that acts on your opponent's turn. Yeah, um, do you think Behold the Multiverse is, is good? Do you think Behold the Multiverse is constructive playable? I do. I really do. I, we I played with it in obscene. like three different decks. I think it's busted. I think it's I think, the I think best this card is insane. Draw spell busted in an incredibly long time. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it's very strong. Um, with any kind of deck where you're acting on your opponent's turn, you know, it's going to be a great pairing with Shark Typhoon. Um, in, sta in standard currently right now there's a four mana draw four yeah but i mean if you're playing a behold the multiverse deck you get to you know interact um on your opponent's turn and then behold if they do something else but two different decks like that yeah. the, the oh, four mana draw four is more powerful for sure but it, it comes at a cost yeah. oh yeah i just I, I i just yeah where i'm going from is like Maybe after a rotation, but it's like I see a card like this not hold a, a candle to Throne of Eldraine, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I'm I am glad that this card looks meager in in Throne of Eldraine because I do not want more power creep. Right? It, 
it's played out very well in, you know, the preview versus live shows that we've had from both sides. But, you know, of course, we are not playing it against rogues. We're not playing it against, uh, you know, all these old decks. So, you know, it it plays good. But of course, when we get back into standard, it might disappoint. Um, But I've been impressed with it so far. These cards also dodge hand disruption, too. Like, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, for... Fortell is a very cool mechanic. I like it. And and I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm going to start referring to it as morph for spells because it effectively is morph. Yep. Um, For a different cost. And I loved playing with morph because it adds an element to the game, especially because, you know, in limited, you're going to have multiple Fortell cards. And sometimes it's going to be difficult because there's combat tricks too. Oh, yeah. And, and so, you know, it, it's going to be very interesting. And I do like Fortell, but let's move on to... uh the next mechanic so then we can start talking about cards that we think might be constructed playable Sounds and that's great. that's boast now boast i believe all of the boaster are activated abilities on creatures after they attack so as yeah. long as as long as they've attacked you can activate the boast yep and it's the creature that creature has to attack not just anything attacked yeah. and, um, and you can only do it once a turn, a turn. yeah um, yeah i think, so it, I think it's kind oh, of sorry, like, uh, sorry what was that Mardu mechanic from cons? Raid? Yeah, it's like Raid. Yeah. It's like Raid, but that creature has to do it. Raid was always like, attack Any- with something else, and then this this Raid card you cast second main. Gets a, the benefit, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think Boast is like going to be just a limited mechanic. It's probably going to be a pretty cool limited mechanic, but I don't really see in standard right now you know any of these abilities that i've seen for uh both so far be too in- incredible or worth it you know um well, yeah atta- but, attacking yeah. like you can't you can't really attack in this format with creatures with abilities because like love struck beast exists right so like yeah. love struck beast is just a five five for three mana so you're supposed to like attack like a card that has an activated ability is going to have mm-hmm. bad power and toughness ratios because it has an ability. Yeah. And so you're, you're asking it to attack in a format with some of these disgusting cards. Like, no, 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 sir. Like that is not <laughs> happening. That, that, like yeah. there's, there's no way that those boxes are going to get checked in standard. Like, um, and, 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 and you're going to have a very tough time selling me on playing early permanence is a good thing from a new set when like love struck into the great henge is is played you know yeah 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 no i i don't think uh boast is really worth talking about too much um yeah gonna be a pretty much limited mechanic i would imagine i will say this though right yeah we can boast about it i will say this i i love i think snow is a good mechanic like i think um what was it Modern Horizons one that had snow? Was that was that correct? That yep. that was Ice Quaddle and Astrolabe. That was one of the best limited environments I've played in the in a long time. Um, I mm-hmm. think snow is is awesome for limited, and I I just enjoy snow as a mechanic in general. I think it it adds interesting dynamics to to, to things. I mean Astrolabe was yep. a little of course a little too good, but just yep. in general, I think snow is a great mechanic. I think boast. I think any of those, like you have to attack with a creature and then you get some cool effect. Those always are good for limited because they create interesting play patterns and play dynamics where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, my opponent's attacking with this card. I mean, boast is kind of all face up. 
with raid it was like what raid card might they have in their hand that's causing them to make this attack or are they just bluffing you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of that but with both i guess it's kind of all on the table but still i think those are generally good uh limited mechanics and i also think morph is a great limited mechanic so i imagine the set probably is going to be a lot of fun from a limited perspective i bet yeah. and i and i i have to agree i think morph morph and suspend are two of my favorite mechanics they've ever done so i i think that um like i'm, I'm actually pretty excited for the sex i think there's a lot of cool stuff here yeah I, you're excited for fun. limited you're saying right and for constructed like i i don't think yeah. both would be that good in constructed but i think snow and and foretell both have interesting applications for constructed that could be a lot of fun and I also think for limited, um, especially too, like I'm normally not a big limited fan, but I think I will be getting into drafts and seals with this because double face cards in limited are awesome too. Just more decisions. Do you play the front half? Do you play the back half? Um, just leads to more interesting gameplay as well too. So I think this will be a really good limited set. Do you splash for the back half when it's a different color, you know? Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that is, uh, or do you play the card if you for sure can't splash? You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it um, and allows for not as many dead games. You know, I think like cycling is another great uh, um, mechanic for limited as well because it leads to less non-games and stuff like that. So I, I, I think it'll be pretty cool. All right, let's jump into our actual cards that we want to talk about. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the first one is All Runs God of the Cosmos, three blue, blue, legendary creature god. It's a 1-1. All Run gets plus one, plus one for each card in your hand and each foretold card you own in exile. At the beginning Mm -hmm. of your end step, choose a card type, then reveal the top two cards of your library. Put all cards of the chosen type into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Or it has another side... Uh, which is Haka Whispering Raven, one in a blue for a 2-3 flying legendary bird. Uh, Whenever Haka Whispering Raven deals combat damage to a player, return it to its owner's hand, then scry two. Oh, yeah. Okay. I want to take the lead on this one because I love this card here. Um, The best deck I've played on Versus Live so far has just been a Jeskai Blink deck where, you know, I, 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 I've I built these Blink-style decks before, but there's always been an over-the-top combo deck um, that has really pushed it out. You know, Wilderness Reclamation uh, really pushed it out. But Charming Prince, Yorian, uh, that loop is just extremely powerful already. And now Charming Prince can do a nice little trick with Hacka here, where you play Hacka on turn two, and then Charming Prince it to Blink it, and it comes back as Allrend already pretty powerful because you're pretty early in the game so it's probably going to be a 5-5 or a 6-6 or something um and then the 2-3 body is already decent at uh blocking you know you you almost never want to attack with this card but then you also have Thassa's deep dwelling and yorian uh to blink it as well so i i i'm really a big fan of this card for that extra element that it adds to this blink deck um so i i, I think this card's going to be quite strong actually well, I have yep. a question though. Uh huh. Do you think with you know you've you've hung out with Allrund a few times now? I have. Um, is he experienced in bird law? Because <laughs> I, uh, I, I I've come into some you know legal issues. One might say. Oh, okay, okay. And you need to yeah. get it resolved. 
Yeah, I, I, I need, I need, uh, I, I need someone that that knows bird law on retainer here. <laughs> you know, God, I swear we had a special guest before. Yes, that we did. Knew a lot there about was a bird previous law. special guest on this podcast who was well versed in bird law. <laughs> yeah. Too bad we'll never get that person back again. <laughs> never will. Um. Yeah, I mean, I so from looking at this card, like it seems fine. It does seem like abusive to blink, right? Yeah, because because paying retail on this card seems bad, and clearly this like the cheap side is the backside because of cards like mm -hmm. Dasa and Charming Prince and Yorion. Um, but yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, it does feel just like a, a dutter for a lot of mana in a blue deck. So I'll have to see it because like I, while I like green bodies on blue creatures, mm -hmm. um, and it comes with card advantage. Like I have to see it to believe it because it's it's usually the supporting cast. Like if if you want to do green things, like the rest of the deck has to be able to do green things too, or like compete with green things. Sure. Does that make sure. does that make sense? Because if if you're winning with creatures and cards, like this deck has to be able to beat mono green, you know. Mm -hmm. So whatever. <laughs> it's are, doing are you has talking to about that. specifically the blink deck? Because just just a deck. Well, so yeah. a deck that plays all runned. So what I mean is the philosophy of what you put this card in. So you're putting this yeah. into a deck that says, hey, I can go toe to toe with other creatures and play mm -hmm. uh, because I'm playing effectively when I say a green creature that this is effectively a green creature. It's a big mid rangey threat. Yeah. Um, and so there's but the problem with blue is the supporting cast. You have to find a supporting cast around it that also can keep up with a green deck. And now, for whatever reason, these green decks get the man acceleration the car, and the card advantage and the over the top. So like, this card has to beat the the stupid seven six, the one I played in the last Zendikar Championship. Troll yeah. or whatever. Feasting Troll King, yeah. Feasting Troll King, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. that's that. Th these are always my like problems with cards like this to where I, I feel like maybe they're like, I don't know, for the last five years, every time I see a legendary creature, I have to look did they mean to put this in for standard? Is this just a legendary creature that's supposed to go into commander, which sucks, right? Like mm -hmm. as, as the standard person, which is great for commander people, but like for standard, this card looks awesome. I want to play with it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like if I'm just going to get Ember cleaved or trolled or, or just yeah. out so, advantaged. I actually and that, think and that, I actually think that this card is worse than an uncommon from Throne of Eldraine at the same mana cost. What I'm talking about it? all runs. There, there's it's it's the legendary. Was it from Throne of Eldraine? It's a legendary creature that's like a four four for five, and it draws a card when it comes into play. Um, and it costs more mana to target it or something. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, generally speaking, this is a card that's going to be about a four four for five, and it maybe draws you a card on your end step. Um, yeah. Granted, it gets to keep doing it as the game progresses, but to me, that's about the power level that I see all rend at is that uncommon that drew you a card when it came into play and cost more mana for your opponents to target it. That's about the power yeah. level I see this card at. However, the the ability to play the two mana side and then later convert it into this guy is pretty powerful. So if that is something that you can do, I could see this being a, a nice card. I, I feel like if you're probably, if your goal is to pay full retail for the front for the five mana side of it probably not going to yeah. be that good of a card 
I agree. And I think uh, Paulo wrote an article that he thinks this card is a better control card. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but another cool, um, you know, piece of interaction is just the interaction with Elspeth Conquer's death. You know, if you if you lose Hakka, bringing back Allrun, you know, it has been cool as well, but. That is really yeah, cool, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the cheating stuff is awesome. Like Yeah, and I think that's what you have to do with this card. I don't think it's good to cast on its own. Okay, the card I'm talking of Sir Eleonora the Discerning. Three blue, okay. blue. Its power is equal to the number of cards in your hand. Has four toughness. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Spells your opponent's cast that target. It costs two more. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was like a limit. It was like a really, really strong limited card from Throne of Eldraine. Ugh, limited. I haven't no. played limited since COVID. Like, a, yeah, like I haven't played I've limited since War of Spark. I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's limited? I don't do that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like this card because I'm biased because I love Yorian deck so much and it slots pretty nicely into that. So I could see this one being a flop, but I, I do think it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, like I don't like it always sucks around this time. Like, so I've realized one of the things I've realized as I've gotten older is that like I just want to be honest because mm -hmm. I used to get really hyped about magic, but then like I still get hyped about certain cards and I will get hyped here soon. Mm -hmm. But it's like when I look at standard right now and it's like looking at these gruel adventures and these mono green decks and these Demir decks, they look like eight set standard, but it's five set standard or whatever. Like yeah, they are, decks are they good. Are super charged decks. Like they're exceptionally powerful. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, how do these cards compete with that? Like I'm looking at all these cards and I'm like, how do you compete with a card? Like for, for this whole last like six months, I've been playing standard after, well, after the bands when things were really disgusting but mm -hmm. after the bands, I've just been playing with like these great hinge matchups. It's like none of these cards like are solving or perpetuating that. Like, you know, there's one card that could help with the great hinge, I guess, but it's like, yeah. get to, <laughs> it's like how do you solve Is a it a giant like green creature? <laughs> how do you solve a problem like what? Maria. Who? It's never mind. <laughs> are you saying gonorrhea? Maria, it's it's a oh geez, it's okay. A, it's, a, it's a. I uh, heard gonorrhea too, Brad. Sound though, of so music. I, I'm with you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, one card that does deal with the Great Henge and deals with a lot of other problems, but it's still green, so you can just play it. Uh, we can probably segue into this one. Is Vorniclex? You know, they don't get to draw cards uh, with Vorniclex in play um off the great hand oh, right, right, yeah. uh let's I'll, I'll read this one off vorticlex okay. monstrous raider 4gg legendary creature phyrexian predator 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 yeah it is a predator i'm gonna call it a predator though i already did it on versus live <laughs> <Nice>. so <laughs> we got those genes baby All oh right. yeah phyrexian predator uh it's a 6-6 six, six, and i didn't know phyrexian were back uh mm -hmm. but but so it's a treble haste. Uh, I like that. If you would put one or more creatures on a per wait, one counters. or more <laughs> counters. My are my glasses getting bad? <laughs> if you put one or more counters on a permanent uh, or player, put twice that amount of each of those uh, kinds of counters that permanent or player instead. If an opponent would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, they put half as many rounded down. Instead, rounded down. So why wouldn't the great the great hand wouldn't put the counters on, but they draw cards, right? I don't think so because you draw a card when they get the counter, right? I don't well, know you, if that's how you that get works. you get the counter and you draw a card. 
Oh, okay. I, I thought it was worded, you know, when you get a counter on... Okay, well, yeah, never mind. No, then, then, the great, then, then we would have been doing weird Great Henge counter tricks. It's like yeah. we have a Great Henge in play and we're like, put three counters on this, draw three cards. Yeah, touche, touche. Okay, well, it doesn't shut down that, but this card does shut down a lot of things and it leads to just some ridiculous sequence you can you can do with this card. So number one, the thing that I love the most about this card is you can't get ECD'd. You can't put the Saga counter on, so Sagas do nothing when Vornaclex is in play. That, oh, that's, that's dope. I didn't know that. Yep. So that, that even goes for, let's say ECD is on chapter two. You say go, it stays on chapter two. It doesn't have an ability. It just sits there as a piece of crap uh, um, saga. So that's insane. And also another thing that's pretty busted is if you play a Planeswalker, you know, it doubles those counters. So if you play Ugin when you have Vornaclex in play, you can ultimate it right away. You have a 14 loyalty Ugin. Immediately. I just want to point out it's, it's Vorinclex. Vorinclex, yeah. Another thing that's busted too is let's say you play um, a Saga, you play ECD or whatever. You get it, you get two Saga counters, you get chapter one and chapter two immediately. So uh, there's Vorinclex and it's just already a great body, but I think this is probably the card um, that is the best so far and probably the chance of being the most busted. I. I've this just been incredibly impressed silly. every time. It's also that it just feels silly. Too. Like, yeah. No, 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 the card seems disgustingly, like, it does stuff. But I, does, I'm just saying, yeah. like, all, everything Corsain is just so silly. <laughs> like, You think it's, it's silly? It's great. No, it's it's great, but it's just silly. It's like, I put a I put my ECD into play and I get two triggers and my Ugin has 14 counters. And like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, if you ever pair it with this next card, we're going to talk about, like, Showdown of the Scalds. Whenever you cast a spell, you're getting double counters. Um, there, There's just a ton of things to do with this card, and I think it's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> Seems yeah. cool. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that it's worth trying. Like, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This card seems, seems super pushed. I mean, it's six mana, which is a lot, but... It, it it seems excessively pushed and i mean double season doubling season is an incredibly powerful effect and mm -hmm. i don't know 50 percent off season i don't know what you call the other <laughs> half of it i have to imagine is is also similarly powerful because of how much it screws over so many cards your bones could play so yeah, and one thing we got to remember, this is, for the most part, a five-mana card because Castle Garenbrig and this are best friends. <laughs> that is true. Wait, wait, I got it, yeah. I got it. It's it's both doubling season for you and seasonal depression for them. Nice, oh, yeah. nice. I like that. Um, mm. Okay, so I'll talk about the next card here because I do think this next one is uh, pretty powerful as well. And this is Showdown of the Scalds. This was the first preview card that we got, um, but, you know, very, very powerful. And I think a lot of people are hyping this card. Um, it's two colorless, red, white. It is a saga. Um, chapter one, exile the top four cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards. Chapter two and three are the same. Whenever you cast a spell this turn, put a one one counter on target creature you control. So this card is really giving me vibes of Escape the Wilds, um, which, which is a natural kind of comparison there. But another thing 
that I really love about this card is it's four mana and it goes away, um, you know, on turn six, if you were to play it on turn four, which leans perfectly into Yorian. So I think this is another card that is, is going to be very good with Yorian blinking this and getting that chapter two, you know, where you still get to put a counter on something, but then get four more cards. Um, I, I think this, this card is going to be unbelievable as well. Yeah, card yeah, seems really so, messed up with the Orion, I agree. I just want to mm -hmm. say that for the rest of the episode, we should not talk about how cards synergize with Yorian just because the fact that Yorian is so good that it synergizes with everything. Yeah. It's just like, it's such a mistake. Yorian was such <laughs> a mistake. Excuse me? Uh, if we're if we're not allowed to talk about Yorian anymore on this podcast, I'm never going to be the special <laughs> no, guest ever we again. Can, but like, like <laughs> just bringing up the fact that it, it, cards work with Yorian is just... yeah. It's 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 not even boasting them. It's just proving how good Yorian is. Okay, let me just uh, cross out the rest of the notes I have for the yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. Can't talk about it's, that. It's, Can't talk about that. I mean, I will say that even outside <laughs> of the Yorian whatevers, that Escape the Wilds was a super powerful magic card, and this card does have Escape the Wilds vibes to it. Like, it costs... Mm -hmm. You get one less card, you don't get the extra land, but it also costs one less mana and has two other you know chapters of the saga that mm -hmm. i I'll i mean have, yeah the, I'll, have to, I'll have to see it to believe it personally i uh, mean it seems it seems good but it's boros yeah that's the problem the problem is that it's red white like it, yeah i mean on a power level standpoint the power level is equivalent maybe even higher than escape the wilds but it's red white <laughs> so. yeah, this, yeah, card every... would be, this card would be like twice as good if it was a green red card <laughs> yeah oh sure. yeah absolutely just, i mean just... yeah and every deck i've played with this card on versus live so far has just been this has been my splash you know and i mean that is telling of how bad you know um the color combination is i mean white's getting some universal removal what up <laughs> um, yeah it's so bad isn't it <laughs> Oh yeah, it's terrible. All right, yeah. uh, let's let's keep moving though. Um, okay. All right, next card is Jorn, God of Winter, two and a green, legendary snow creature, God. It's a three three. Whenever Jorn attacks, untap each snow permanent you control. It also has a flip side to it, which is Cauldring, the Rhyme Staff, one blue black, legendary snow artifact, which has the ability of tap. You may play target snow permanent card from your graveyard this turn. If you do, it enters the battlefield tapped. So kind of an interesting card in that its front side is green and its back side is Demir. Yeah, anyone ever played a Sultai deck? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be really a popular thing that sticks on. But well, I mean, if this is what we have to do now with Sultai after Uro's gone, sign me out. Sign me out. See, I I could see this card being weak because it is a three three that has to connect, but it also is Wilderness Reclamation. So I mean, you cannot you cannot. There's no whoa, way we can dismiss this card, right? Whoa, 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 whoa! Do not do not just throw out it's wilderness reclamation like that, you're only like, untapping snow permanence so that's like saying like all rund is is it, it's ancestral recall like <laughs> yeah yeah or splinter twin combos that the kids say these days i think it's yeah, funny like, yeah cauldring <laughs> is life from the loam like yeah I think, yeah i think it's funny that Corey is really hyped about jorn Whereas mm -hmm. I don't think Jorn is that good, but I think Cauldron is actually really good. So like yeah. I'm actually pretty hyped about the the blue black side of this card, which I think if there is a good like 
snow engine deck that this will probably be a big part of that deck whereas yeah. i i actually don't i'm a, i don't think joran is like that great because like yeah the ability of untapping all your stuff is good but you have to attack with a three three for three mana to do yeah that, so, so but, i'm gonna i'm gonna mini rant here because i think both sides are bad okay uh and the reason uh-huh. is is here's my little mini rant it's because we're only gonna get one set of snow stuff for this to interact with and neither side of this is more powerful than the shit that doesn't have those like restrictions right this this card is restricted to playing with snow stuff and just snow lands that's the only restriction to me what i i mean this card makes you play with snow lands i don't think it really makes you play with other snow stuff cauldron you know cauldron does or you can just return lands and that's it I mean, yeah. you can return lands, you can return Jorns. Um, like, of course, you want to have some payoff, but I don't think it's needed to play a bunch of snow creatures. You know, I think you can just play well, a no, good but you Sultai have to deck. Play the snow creatures. And what I'm saying is you're forced into playing the snow creatures. And my gut tells me that the snow creatures aren't the best thing you can do in standard. No, I'm saying you don't have to play the snow creatures. You do oh, if the- you're playing Cauldron. Yeah, uh, like, because then you're just returning a 3-3. It obviously comes down to what the snow cards are, but like mm-hmm. yeah. the effect that that staff provides is incredibly powerful if the support is there. So we don't know what the support yeah. is. Oh yeah. Like I guess the best analogy here is that this set so far to me, besides the com- commander stuff that is visible, like these mythics are visibly powerful to me. Yeah. Um, But this set, like, you know how, like, I see Throne of Eldraine and and I see Kaldash from, you know? When I look at Throne of Eldraine, I see Kaldash. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it's called, right? Kaldash? Kaladesh, yeah. Kaladesh, yeah, Kaladesh. And so when I look at this set so far, from what I've seen, I see uh, Ixalan. And, you know, it comes out after Kaladesh, and it's not as powerful, and it's got some cool things like Merfolk and some really cool themes inside of the, the set, but they just have a difficult time coming to fruition because no matter how good the synergies are, they still have to compete with cards like Glorybringer or, you know, or in this world, they have to compete with Embercleave mm-hmm. or, or the Great Hand. You know, like like all the mistakes that came in in uh, in Throne of Eldraine are, are making me look at these cards that are forced to, to play with snow stuff as just worse because those decks don't have those restrictions. Yeah, yeah, but but look at a card like um what's that stupid Trail Trail of Crumbs, is that the name of the card? Yeah. You would have never predicted Trail of Crumbs would have been a standard all-star. Like if you yeah. looked at it. And that's what I see when I see a card like Cauldron. Oh yeah. So well, I, 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 I mean, found the food stuff right away and I thought it was busted. Sure, but like nobody like it took a long time for people to play trail of crumbs. Some of the other stuff was like Oko was, was off the bat. It was, uh, it was clear how gross that yes. card was wicked wolf and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's like a card like that um, would never be good enough to see play. Cause it is, it is purely an, a one set block card yep. like trail of crumbs is. And yet that card mm-hmm. has been disgusting and has dominated in multi-formats at this point so it's so i think that cauldron has that power level 
granted it has to have the support you know like yeah if there's not good snow stuff to go with it yeah it's not going to be good yeah I but mean, it yeah, does I, have I, that power level so oh i i agree i don't think it has the same power level because uh cauldron only works after the interaction has happened where a card like trailer crumbs can can do its it it can preemptively gain its card advantage where cauldron has to wait for things to have exchanged but or, that's not, that's not or you a bad mill thing. yourself or you know there are ways to oh for stuff. sure yeah oh for sure i mean i yeah i mean i'm not saying that the card is is garbage i just when i see the card it doesn't excite me because i've been i've been so accustomed to this like high octane standard format yeah where, see i i'm on the total other aspect of this card this card really excites me and i mean we'll be able to when this podcast comes out there'll be some uh you know put your money where your mouth is because i i'm playing a completely snow uh salty snow deck tomorrow on versus where all the lands are snow lands you know my mana base is of course worse i have fabled passage as well but it only gets snow basics um so naturally my mana base is going to be a little bit worse um but it's just to abuse this card and all i picture is going like jorn and then the next turn playing like atris um, because you get card advantage with the card and then you also put, you know, hopefully snow stuff into the graveyard and then attacking and then heartless acting something and having two mana up or something like that. You know, those kind of sequences are always busted. Those are the wilderness reclamation type sequences. And I mean, I know those are going to be amazing if if you can get to that point. And it's just it if this card is easily killed in the format it's probably going to be bad but if removal is not at a high point kind of like we are now because every deck has to be so proactive everything has to be so powerful that this card just could be good because oh, it doesn't get I, killed i actually much. think that you want this card to be in a format with a bunch of removal yeah it could back, be the back end interacts you know as as card advantage yeah yeah. So I, no, I want I, it, I want them to spend turns killing it and not just playing the Great Henge. Yeah, I'm also pairing it with uh, Teferi Master of Time, a card that, you know, hasn't been great. But, you know, if you're discarding snow permanents and stuff. And lands. And, and lands, you know, you could uh, you could even play it, phase something out, attack with Jorn, untap for lands, interact in some way. So I, I have some faith and I have some hope that this card could be good, but it could be a flop. All right. Speaking of lands, I want to talk about one that I think is potentially busted and that yeah. is the world tree legendary land just kidding it's not legendary everyone's making a <laughs> meme out of that um, uh, the world tree enters the battlefield tapped add one green to your pool to tap it or it enters the battlefield tapped and it has tap add a green as long as you control six or more lands lands you control have tap add one mana of any color and then for uh two for of every mana. 10 mana, two of every color. Tap, sacrifice the war the the world tree. Search your library for any number of god cards. Put them onto the battlefield tap to then shuffle your library. Now they don't come in tap. Oh wow, I just I just assumed. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh so they don't come to play tapped. But so this card of effectively is uh like I don't even know how good the the ultimate is for this land. But yeah, just probably not fact, that good. Yeah. Just the fact that once you have six mana, which is not a lot, that much mana, you have all the colors you want in the world. And so this feels like, like a good land. I don't know what I, I'll put it in. 
um, or or what you build in standard. I mean, I could see mm-hmm. it being a one of in like Soul Tire four color and in historic too. I have no idea. I just I don't know what you do with this card, but it just feels like a good magic card. Yeah, so uh, we played it yesterday in a in a deck, and Ross just destroyed me with it. It was just a World Tree Cultivate deck, you know. You're just ramping, and then you just play whatever the hell you want. Dream Trawler, Inspired Ultimatum, me, you know, all these huge converted mana cost stuff where you just get to play the most powerful things. And you know, I mean, I I I think this card could be insane just because you can do whatever you want with it. It's a very Nif Mizzet card. Yeah, it's a very Alion Trazi card, that's for sure. Yeah, like the the five mana Niv Mizzet that's one of every color that lets you get like that. This card seems like the kind of card that would be awesome for a mana base for a deck like that. Um, yeah, and then there is another combo with it. I, it's probably more casual, but there's a card called uh, Masswood Nexus. It's four colorless creatures you control in every creature are every creature type. Uh, the same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. So that static ability alone, when you ultimate world tree, you just get every creature in your deck because <laughs> they're all gods. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely more silly, but you know, I mean, if you're ramping, you know, that excessively, play Beanstalk Giants, play, um, play cultivates, play cobras maybe or whatever, then maybe you can play some shenanigans like that, but probably probably just more casual. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely feels casual and like gods don't seem like they're going to be that good in the format, but like they are making less restrictive gods, right? I think some of the gods in this the set mm-hmm. don't I mean, have Jorn as a god, you know, it's just a 3/3 three, three for 3. Yeah, and Valkyrie, God of Lies, is the the split card we're gonna get to, and that's yeah, we're not we're not dealing with the like, you have to have devotion or like no cards in your hand and all that bullshit. So I do think yeah. that this card, and the best thing is you could put it in a mono green deck that has some gods in it, and then you know, whoopsie, you can still activate it off itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell, you can yeah, put this I, card I in a mono good, blue yeah. deck or a white blue deck. That's what's really cool about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it uh, it could be good. I mean, tap lands in standard, not great, especially when they're only producing one color of mana. So I could see this deck leading or this card leading to just a bunch of clunky decks. And then you find you play against rogues or whatever, and you're going to get shit on. Um, but but time will tell. There's a ton of tap lands in standard. I don't know what you're talking about. Mammoth, whatever, whatever that mammoth is called. Yeah, <laughs> Kazandu. Yeah. Kazandu Mammoth, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the 1-1 one, one Druid, too, yeah. Yeah. All right, so there's, next there's up... There's tons of playable ones. Next up, we have Nico Eris. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his name. It is a mm-hmm. legendary Planeswalker that costs X, white, blue, blue. Starts with three loyalty. When Nico Eris enters the battlefield, create X shark tokens. Their enchantments with two, sacrifice this enchantment, scry one, then draw a card. Plus one, up to one target creature you control can't be blocked this turn. Whenever that creature deals damage this turn, return it to its owner's hand. Minus one, Nico Aris deals two damage to target tap creature for each card you've drawn this turn. And then minus one, create a shark token. <laughs> Yeah, and I got to correct you, BBD. You said he, Nico Eris, is actually the first non-binary Planeswalker. Okay. Uh, so it's they. Yeah, kind of cool, cool, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, yeah. My apologies. <laughs> no, no problem. So I'll, I'll take the rain on this card because I think this uh, this card reminds me. I, I've played it like 
um, on four different decks now. And it reminds me of something that you said, BBD, that you want a Planeswalker to have a niche role yes. in a deck instead of just being a deck that, a card that is a standalone and just you throw it into any blue-white deck. Yep. I, I came to the lesson on this card um, pretty quickly. I tried it in just an Esper control deck and it was just really, really bad. And then I tried it in a deck with all these blink cards. You know, I tried it in this blue-white blink deck where I have uh, Skyclave Apparition, which works amazingly with that plus one ability. Um, and then uh, some other... And I am playing like Baron, the bounce card, yep. which works well with this too, because you can not only bounce something then attack with it or and then you know bounce something again or you can make skyclave apparition unblockable attack with that card you know return it to your hand and then the static ability on baron you draw a card whenever anything is returned to your hand so it, it really fit into this deck and it was amazing in that blink shell, but it was really bad every other time I played it. So I love the power level of this card and I don't think it's too good. And I think it, it has a place in those style of decks. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Dovin. Um, yeah, a yep. similar Planeswalker that was a very niche Planeswalker. And I would guess that the power level of this card is around that same power level of Dovin, which was pretty low, mm -hmm. um, but does get to do really cool things in the decks that would enjoy playing it. And mm -hmm. yeah, uh, what you're saying sounds like per like perfect synergies for the deck. It it seems like this would be a really good card in a deck based around a bird serpent that we shall not name. So. Yeah, yeah, some bird <laughs> serpent that I'm not allowed to talk about anymore. Correct. But, I mean, outside of that too, you know, there's there's certain times where your opponent attacked with Brushfire Elemental. You're on the play. You play Nico, deal two to it, and it did the thing that powerful three mana planeswalkers do right interact with the only threat on the battlefield and then all you have is a planeswalker you know whenever you play teferi and bounce their only threat you feel insane right so and nico can still do that too um so so i do like this card uh quite a bit yeah it's also i mean definitely it seems easy to minus one deal four damage as well um yep. if you yep. can set that up and also, it doesn't have to just be like an attacking creature, right? It can be mm -hmm. like like a, a goose or a man accelerant or something. Like it, it just seems good. It's also like it just if your opponent knows this is in their deck, they mm -hmm. just might not attack with valuable creatures, and it saves you extra damage in the early turns. Like I'm not going to yeah. attack with an edge wall innkeeper. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just I'm just not going to do it. Like I'm not going to let you, <clears> even <throat> if it's at the cost of losing your Nika. I don't want to lose my source of card advantage. Yeah, yeah, that damage adds up, you know? Same, and, with a, uh, same with, like, a rogue deck. Like, you don't want to attack with, uh, you know, the one-mana rogue and then just have... Or, it, or a crab. Or, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and one other true. And one last thing about this card, you know, I mean, that you touched on, BBD. Teferi Time Reveler was so insane with that beautiful bird serpent because no matter what, every turn you established a loop with that as well that you just bounce Yori and recast it. Same thing with this card, you know, plus one on Yorian and be able to loop every single turn. It's just another way to keep a loop going in that kind of deck. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's really, really cool. All right. Looks like the next card we're going to talk about is Starnheim Unleashed, which is two white, white for a sorcery. Create a 4-4 white angel warrior creature token with flying and vigilance. If the spell was foretold, create X of those tokens instead. And then the foretell mm -hmm. cost is XX white. Um, 
Yeah. So I added this to our list to talk about mainly because um, it is just in Treat the Angels. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, it, yeah. It, it, it is weird. This one felt very forced. It's like, I don't know. Like, I really, I, I'm sorry to sound like a naysayer. Maybe I'm going through some depression here, but why is every, why does every set come out with a new mechanic and the white mythic version of it just makes fucking four, four angels? <laughs> just everyone. Yeah. Like the land, this the land, all the lands are cool as shit, right? Uh, from the the deal three damage, like all of them are awesome. I think they're all really cool. And then that it's like make two four four angels. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I do love about this card is it adds kind of a cool level of complexity to me because this you would think a card like this is a busted late game top deck, right? But with how Fortel works, it's actually not. Like you have to wait a turn if you want to get these X angels because you can't cast it the same turn you foretell it. So it's it's awkward when you have a lot of mana, you think like this is just going to be insane, but you have to wait a turn. I, I kind of like the design of that. You don't have to wait a turn, right? You can just... You can just make one angel. Well, five mana, five mana will make one angel, seven mana will make two um, when nope. you top deck no, it. No, Fortel says Read the card later, later, later turn. During yeah, turn, all foretell is cast, cast on a later, later turn. turn for its foretell. Oh, that's bullshit. I thought. Yeah, I never that's read that. Every single one. That's every card. Oh, okay. That's mm -hmm. okay. I did not read that. But dude, yeah, so I'm, that makes it kind of cool, you know. But I, I'm totally with you, Brad. I'm really sick of every white mythic just being exactly the same thing about making like four fours. And I'm really happy that red doesn't have the same problem where every mythic is just the same, you know? So let's get into the next card. It's Goldspan Dragon. It's three red red for no, four no, four me, flying no, no, haste dragon. You don't, deserve, you don't deserve saying Goldspan Dragon if you don't love Goldspan Dragon. This is the one card in the set that excites me. If you can't handle Goldspan Dragon at its glory bringer, then you don't deserve Goldspan Dragon at its storm breath dragon. <laughs> I would have said that the opposite way around. I thought glory was way better than storm breath. But anyway, Goldspan Span dragon three colors red red i'm guessing you can get where we're going flying haste four four <laughs> dragon <laughs> whatever gold span dragon attacks or becomes the target of a spell create a treasure token treasures you control have tap sacrifice this artifact add two mana of any one color now i think that this card is disturbingly good. There's a card that got printed called uh, Magda uh, Brazen Outlaw, and it is a two mana, uh, two one dwarf. Uh, other dwarfs you control get plus one plus oh. Whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped, uh, create a treasure token. Um, that's from the set. And then sack five treasures, search your library for an artifact or dragon card, put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. And, and this is exactly what I love yeah. about Goldspan Dragon is that if even if you target it, it triggers and that allows you to create two mana's worth, which is like a negate mm. or some kind of counter spell or some kind of protective spell. Yeah. Um, so I love that Goldspan Dragon just seems like it's going to just work well with with spells. Um, and that's kind of what a four four for five dragon with haste needs right now is tempo. Mm -hmm. if, if you're gonna spend the time trying to attack a attack an opponent. You definitely need interactive spells. 
Yeah. yeah, and one thing that I really love about it too, it seems like a natural slot into um, the Teamer Genesis Ultimatum deck. Like you attack with that, you know, you can Genesis Ultimatum the next turn. Plus, you can use Brazen Bar, you can use Stomp, you can use a Negate post board in the right matchup and stuff like that. Uh, it seems like just a natural fit into there. I mean that 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 could be true. I mean the you're you're definitely losing the other dragon that deals all that damage. Yeah, you lose which, that combo kill, but if this card's good enough, you don't need the combo kill, right? Because if you hit Goldspan Dragon off of ultimatums, you know, it, it might still be enough to finish it out uh, the same you as Terror of the Peaks. again. Exactly, yeah, you know? <laughs> so it could be cool. I think... Um... It's also your spell. If it becomes a target of a spell, create a treasure. Yeah, you could pump it. Is, yeah, you can target it. Yeah, when I see this Crazy. card, it it screams like an is it duck to me. Like um, mm. or uh, man, I, I don't know. I can't remember card names anymore. Probably because lofty play. denial. The the guy that's three, the wizard that's blue, blue, blue X. Um, oh, Gadwick. Oh. Gadwick. Yeah. Yeah. Seems Daddy like the, Wick. Seems like Daddy. this would be a great card in the Gadwick deck where you. Yep. <clears throat> you play a lot of removal and early interaction. You play Goldspan Dragon. Um, yeah, maybe back it up with some protection for it, and then you you know you use the treasures to cast a massive Gadwick and refill and do it all over again. Um, yeah, Grant, and I, I mean, the mana handles a deck like that, but and I mean, you could be like, is it snow as well, and and play with frostbite? Frostbite is the new lightning bolt for snow. Uh, one red. Frostbite deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker. If you control three or more snow permanents, it deals three damage instead. You know, uh, a decent card for standard um, if the payoff is worth, you know, playing snowlands and stuff. True. You could you could splash Grixis for uh, Cauldron the Rhyme Staff. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Now we were talking my language. All right, next card is Valky, God of Lies, one in a black, legendary creature god for 2-1. When Valky mm -hmm. enters the battlefield, each opponent reveals their hand. For each opponent, exile a creature card they reveal this way until Valky leaves the battlefield. And then X, choose a creature card exiled with Valky with converted mana cost X. Valky becomes a copy of that card. So that's the front side. And then the other side of the card is Tybalt, Cosmic Imposter, which is five black red for a legendary planeswalker, five loyalty. As Tybalt enters the battlefield, you get an emblem with. You may play cards exiled with Tybalt, Cosmic um, Imposter, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. And then plus two, exile the top card of each player's library, minus three, exile target artifact or creature. And minus eight, exile all cards from all graveyards and add red, red, red to your mana pool. Oh, yeah. This card's spicy. Um, I, I I already just like just playing this card as Vel Velky just for the take a creature. There's a lot of powerful creatures in standard right now. Taking Lovestruck Beast or whatever is completely fine. But one thing I really love it against, and I think the main reason that this card read the way it did, this card would have been bananas against Uro in standard. You just turn two, take Uro, turn three, turn it into an Uro and attack. 
Oh, what's seems insane. They tested when they tested this card. Uro was a card. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think this is a great answer for Uro. But now that it's banned, you know, yeah. we might see this in older formats. We might see this in modern to answer Uro because that's still a stock four of in like every single deck. But also the interaction with this card and Cascade is what is exciting to me. If you Bloodbraid into Valky, um, you can cast the Planeswalker side, which doesn't seem like it makes sense to me, but I that's just how it works. I mean, yeah, you just want to do that, but I still don't think that's going to be that strong, right? Yeah, like what shell do you put in? You know, I, mean, I don't I mean, even think like Tybalt for four mana is going to be that good in modern. Like, let's just say you cast it for four mana. But if it comes with a three two as well, I mean, I it mean, would be that, it would be you, pretty you good. Play, you play more modern than I do. I, those Omnath decks look fucked up. Yeah, yeah. That's why you take an Omnath and you uh, turn Valky into an Omnath and then get your triggers. You know, <laughs> you are stretching. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it, one, it, it might not be insane or anything. But so the, the the only thing that I really have to say about this card is nonsense. Um, but. <laughs> This is the first card that I've seen from a set where I, when when it got spoiled, I honestly thought it was one of those fake cards that people make on like websites where you can make fake cards. Yeah. Because it just has so much nonsense text on it. It's just so it's just so much text. Yeah. Yeah. That was it's just, reading it's that just, card was <laughs> probably the most text I've ever read at one time in my life. And I read the entirety of War and Peace in one sitting. So <laughs> Oh man, did you see oh you probably didn't see that meme with Sword of War and Peace. The Twisted um, Tea meme? Yes, the oh, Twisted yeah, Tea. Yeah, I saw that. Cranberry, that one's so good. The cranberry juice? Oh, it was so good. Yeah, that one was the best I saw for sure out of all that, those style of memes. Unfortunately, I didn't get to appreciate all the Twisted Tea memes because I saw all the memes before I understood what the hell they were about. And then by the time <laughs> yeah. I finally understood, because I didn't know what was going on, all of a sudden my timeline was just Twisted Tea memes for like two yeah. days straight. And then finally I was able to like piece together how it all happened and all that. And then I was like, oh, some of those were good. But at that point, it's like you don't get the initial sure. look of it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was really good. That was so funny. All right. So I, I think we're going to do one more card and then call it for this week because we'll have a lot more to talk about next week. OK, because um, we're going pretty long. We still have cast and crew to thank. Sure. Uh, but uh, this card isn't even for how good it is. It's actually just how, when I saw this card, it just reminded me of like how some current cards are designed and I hate them. Okay. Um, and we'll get into it. It's Egon, <laughs> it's Egon God of Death. Now, I want to pause you for a second. I'm going to say this yeah. episode is Corey loving <laughs> cards. Me and two old men hating it. Some, I wouldn't say I've been hating it. Me liking some cards and not liking others, and then Brad just hating everything. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why the set's got me feeling this way. I think it honestly, I think it's that I just tested historic for four days or whatever, and I'm just in 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 a pit of despair. Honestly, it's also just a week of existential dread that our democracy is, is actually just coming down is crumbling um, yeah it probably doesn't help that doesn't bring me dread but i don't know that's not a topic uh, for this podcast i mean hey I, I want you know like here's the thing i want things to be good in this world but i'm not gonna let perfect be the enemy of good um in some situations and and the reality is like for for things are bad and i understand that i have privilege and i you know we we live in uh what what is this area called like a 
like a pretty safe neighborhood. Yeah. Good neighborhood um, or something. A good, yeah. Well, no, they're called, it has an HOA and shit, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, but like, this is the first time where I'm afraid to like, one of my coworkers wife is a, is a state secretary. And like, they were afraid that people were going to come in and kill them in their homes. Yeah. You know, that shit is just like blowing my mind. That shit is just getting close to home. Like, they think that there's going to be a tax on every capital next week. Like this shit is just fucking, yeah, it's breaking it my delicate absurd. sensibilities. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely absurd. It is absurd, but at the same time, I don't know. Uh, yeah, whatever it. Yeah. I don't want to discuss it. So, um, but anyway, so, so here's my card. It's Egon, God of death two black legendary creature. God death touch at the beginning of your upkeep exile, two cards from your, Graveyard, if you can't sacrifice Egon and draw a card, 6-6. Six, six. On the other side, it's Throne of Death, black. At the beginning of your upkeep, mail a card. Two colors, black. Tap, exile a creature from your graveyard, draw a card. Now, this card I don't think is good. But what I dislike about it is if it is good, it doesn't really create fun play patterns. It's just a fucking 6-6 six, six for three mana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I understand, like, you have to, like, you know, um, you have to cast, like, the, what's the card? Thought. Like, uh, the card that used to be in Grixis Death Shadow. Thought Scour? Yeah, Thought Scour. You have to cast, like, Thought Scour effects or what have you. Some early things that could actually help keep a turn three Egon in play. Uh-huh. Um, but, like... Even even if it dies, it, these cards used to be like sacrifice it if you can't. This one's still like draw a card. So even at worst, you can throw it into play to stop a red or a green deck from attacking and then draw a card mm-hmm. and then wrath them or something, you know? Um, yep. But it's just like cards like this. I feel like they just they're not going to hit or they're going to hit so hard that they're going to like define the format. Yeah, yeah, I'm playing this. Uh, I'm playing this tomorrow in that Sultai Snow deck where I just have the green black three one from a couple sets ago, where you can tap to add green or black, so already just you know a decent ramp. But then also you can tap to mill two, so you know we, I can live the dream here and uh, you know start milling to keep Egon alive, or just play it on turn one, uh, start milling over snow permanence for the uh, blue black side of of Jorn. Yeah, so I think it'll be cute, but I also, I, it's a two of, I'm playing in the deck. I don't have high hopes that it's actually going to be good. Yeah, yeah, and that's just it. I, I, and that's just where I'm at. Like, I don't think it's going to be good, but like, there's just a lot of these like random hits out in standard. And when they are mm-hmm. too good, it's just kind of like messing things up. Like the Wilderness Arclamations and the Fires and the Omnoths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's, the issue with this card and many others is that it's a build-around card, and build-around cards used to require actual sacrifice to put in your deck. And this mm-hmm. card has no sacrifice to it because the worst case is it replaces itself, or you play it for a different card that has no drawbacks to it. That enables it. That, that also enables future copies of it. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. no drawback to playing this card in your deck, whereas... It, compare compare Egan God of Death to a card that actually saw some amount of play back in the day, and I know power level is not anywhere close to what it used to be, but Jotun Grunt was a 4-4 four, four for 2 mana back when that was actually a massive creature, and it had the same ability where it, you had to exile two cards uh, from your graveyard, or I think you put them on the bottom of your deck. But it was, and it was cumulative, right? Yeah. It was a cumulative upkeep. So the first time you had to do two, the next time you had to do four, then six, and so on. 
So it didn't stick around that that long. There's a real cost to putting that card in your deck. And hmm. if you couldn't meet the requirements of it, it didn't do anything. You didn't get anything out of it. And I, I, I'm with you. Like, I hate that a lot of the cards now are, there's no cost. There's no drawback. There's no, like, deck building restraints to having to make this card be part of your deck. It just, you could just put it in your deck and it's always going to do something. And if you do happen to achieve, easily achieve the deck building restraint, which who knows, maybe it's really easy to load up your graveyard and then this card's just busted. Yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. with you. I don't like this card either. Yeah, it's just yeah, and and, and that's just it. The problem is, is like, it's either just unplayable or it's going to be too good. It can't mm-hmm. be in the. It's not in the middle though. It's not. It's just not. Yeah. No, I'm with so, you. Um, and and it'll like and it and it and it's cards like this. So they build cards like this, and a lot of them have these high power toughnesses which then forced like red decks down this path of doubling the damage, you know, Embercleaves and Torbins are the only ways they can compete. So they, they like a, a mono red deck hasn't been good for a while, but they also have not changed in formation at all. They mm. have to do the same thing. Like they have to annex into Embercleave. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's messing with like, I don't know. I don't know why black green, and blue keep getting the same like these like really awesome sophisticated magic cards and red and white cards are like still 10 years in the past kind of yeah at least we don't have Seder wayfinder and standard because that card would be ridiculous with this card yeah i don't know why they it seems i actually have kind of really liked how they've designed black cards in the last few years it's been overshadowed a lot by green cards just being obscene um, but I actually kind of have liked a lot of the black car design lately, but I agree that they, they really are struggling with white and red to do something cool, especially, I mean, yeah. you, you, like that, uh, Starnheim Unleashed card just being another <laughs> make for four angels <laughs> yeah, card. Yeah, exactly. You really like, just, it's just the same every time. I, I don't it know. It is, it is. Like, I mean, these, you know, like I thoroughly have enjoyed Agadim's Awakening and, um, the red one, Storms, Crusher. Shatter Skull Smashing. Yeah, Shatter that one. Smashing. Shatter Skull Smashing. I have like thoroughly enjoyed those two cards as cards to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that or Rankle was probably my favorite black card in the last like three years. Which one? Rankle. I love that card. Yeah, Rankle's also a really, really cool magic card, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think and, they've and, and, done an awesome job with designing black cards lately. I think they've all been Yeah, the red black sacrifice decks are really cool in my eyes. And they printed some cool red cards, but yeah, white cards, they're just all the, they're just still the same. They're always the same. They're like shitty removal and some angels. All right, and then green is, green is all the same too. And they're just overpowered uh, creatures that all draw cards and stuff. So yeah, I think white and green do kind of have these, oh, uh, the I biggest loved, problems. I loved, I played Andrea Mangucci in standard at the, the last uh, Zendikar championship. He was playing Esper. Esper, and don't get me wrong, um, Skyclave Operations is a really awesome card. I yeah, love I love that in ECD. Mm, I do like some one, of the yeah. removal, yes. But he was playing Esper, Yorion, and I'm playing Mono Green. And so his colors are Esper, and I'm playing Mono Green. And it's so wild to me that he was the aggressor. Like, my <laughs> Mono Green deck was by design there to out-attrition the Esper control deck. So he <laughs> had to beat down before I could get to Ugin mana. Yeah, that is pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, mono green food is kind of an anomaly. 
Oh yeah. It's just it's just yeah. wild. Cause cause green can do everything now. It can kill creatures, it can draw cards, it can blow up the board. Like it can do everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, why do you need other colors? You you have everything you need. It used to be able to counter spells, but they took that away. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one was a little too good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, we're gonna have more for this next week. And honestly, uh after after so this weekend. Brian and I will be playing in our league play, so we'll both be streaming if you want to come in and take a look at how our matches progress. Um, but then I'll be taking a, a crack at center. When does actual, the set doesn't come out till the end of the month, right? End of the month. Last Wednesday of the month is the streamer showdown. So two weeks from today, we will be able to play. Okay, and then we'll have to figure out when we want to do our next standard BBP, whether it's that weekend or the weekend after, but we'll talk later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sounds we'll, great. We'll, we'll, we'll hopefully announce that date next episode. Um, and then also before I go, this is to the patrons already. Um, uh, we did not do a mini soda again this week because I am having tech issues. Actually, my computer has crashed twice now that we've been recording this episode. It's been um, fun. Yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, it's been great for our, I bet, I bet our, our editor, John is loving it, but so I'm going to mm-hmm. have to spend some time this week figuring out what memory issue or what have you. So like right now, because we keep trying and failing because my computer system, my setup should be good, but it's fucking up. So mm-hmm. I have something wrong with it and uh, I have to fix that. And until then we're not gonna be able to do a mini. So because I keep trying to stream or record and things are just failing. So yeah, I got to figure that shit out, but we still can list off our casting crew. Sounds great. Uh, yeah. So sorry for anybody who is looking forward to minisodes. Uh, you know, we'll either get those going here um, shortly when Brad gets stuff figured out or do something different. Uh, we're, basically, we're not forgetting about uh, y'all that like that kind of content and we'll uh, we'll be making it right when we can. Yeah. 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 All right. So again, thanks everyone for listening to another episode. Uh, sorry, I was like, negative about a lot of cards but like i don't know if the set is not hitting me the way it should yeah i it's love it so me... I'm, I'm on the opposite side i've been having a ton of fun playing with these cards so. Dude, i think i think nissa for historic i mean i've been playing with nissa for two years straight and now it's felt like i've been playing adventures and uh yorion and all this for too long too <laughs> like the 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 not being replayable aspect of magic is really getting to me I don't know if yeah, magic like, is less replayable or magic was always this way and the community aspect of the game is what kept us interested and without the community behind it the game itself has numerous flaws. I so I don't think so. I think that playing the games were just more fun. Like I play these games now and it's literally like I'm trying to stop my opponent from playing a turn 4 great henge while I'm trying to play a great, turn 4 great henge and oh, I play horrible, that game yeah. 50 or to 100 times yeah. in a row, you know. Yeah, uh, and it's the same with Nissa too. It's like I'm uh, hoping my opponent doesn't play turn four Nissa because I'll lose if they do, and if they don't have it, I'll win. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's that's the problem. I just think that the games that we're playing are just worse. Like, I mean, I I loved Obzon back then. You know, I, I loved that because it was actual combat and blocking. Also, blocking is just not a thing in Magic anymore. Like at all, it is not. Well, I mean, it is where it's like, okay, I'm at 16 there's life. Trading. Yeah, there's trading. Well, it's not even or trading. Trying to it's, trade. it's, I'm at 16 life. 
that will deal me 18 damage when they cast Ember Cleave. <laughs> yeah, so I must yeah. put at least three power in front to not die. <laughs> or three uh, yeah, toughness in front to not die. And then hope that I can die. do something next turn. Which I know I can't, but I'll at least give myself the chance. All right. Yeah. Our casting crew. We've got, first off, Ian Pacella, who is our Minister of Administration. And I don't know what that, that means, but that's <laughs> the role. So Love it. I mean, what are they administering? Or, or is that administration I, as in like... I hope it's not administering in the same concept of uh, Dr. Ons or anything. So Yeah, they're administering pain. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Administ castration. <laughs> All right, Richie is the Bash Bros accountant, and we are definitely going to have to uh, be talking to him when all of you $10 patrons... Sue our ass for no minisodes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, absolutely. I don't think they can, right? They can't do that, right? I don't think so, Richie. Brad. It's coming out of your check if they can, though. Okay? Also, we would have to talk to a lawyer, not an accountant. All right, well, then none of that's sure working, then. We do not have a lawyer. So. Yeah, we need. We might need a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, we need a lawyer. So anybody else want to pay $10 to be a that lawyer? doesn't have a position yet, we might need a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyone want to pay $10 to become our loyal lawyer? That would be helpful. Um, next up, we got we got Oppo. Uh, that is our research director. Um, you know, whenever we get just loving cards like the ones we get from Caltham, someone's got to research to see if they've ever been cards in the past. And this week, Brad was the research director on uh, all these spells. Say what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I lost myself. I didn't follow that at all. Yeah, we'll just move on. Someone we'll else just... I don't follow. Wappa. <laughs> Brad's personal barista <laughs> and dog walker, but specifically won't walk BBD. So, yep, dead to me. Yeah, you're not following them. No, nope, well, but I am drinking them. the coffee, so. You were dead oh. to them way, way earlier. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ne next up, we got Adam, who is our ghost writer. Now, uh, yeah, you all know what a ghost writer is. They, they, they wrote all of the stuff, so they, I don't know why they portrayed me as a salty, salty person this week, but that's, that's what they did. <laughs> yeah, Adam, what the hell? Next up, uh, David finally did a great job this no, week. David no, Watt not. is the special David guest Watt screener. David did an amazing job this week. No, oh, yeah. Not. Let me tell you, I have just, uh, you know, David has messaged me every single week to be the special guest, but I'm like, you know what? I'm usually the host of this. I don't think I can host and be the guest. David always responds with, well, you got to be better than this BBD person, but if you won't do it, we'll ask him. Also, by the way, uh, Brad and I, devised that without Corey even knowing. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I think uh I think David's done better in the past. In fact, I would say he uh all but oh, two or would three you say that this is the, the worst job David's ever done? Because that is that's harsh, Brian. I wouldn't say it's the yeah, worst that's job, harsh. but I would say it's among the worst three jobs he's ever done. Among us? Among us? Who wants to play Among Us? I know Tybalt does. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cosmic imposter. Anyway, we got Gino <laughs> Batista, who was actually originally supposed to be the special guest this week. Corey took his spot. Um, oh. But the problem is, is he actually had a lot of strong demands for how he thought we should run our podcast. And so what we did is we fired our editor and all of our staff and invested all of our podcast money into some fun or into some funds that he was asking us to support uh but then he actually ghosted us from prison so mm. yeah we has he hasn't returned any of our calls 
and we strongly regret throwing away our entire livelihoods to get him on the cast. So. Where were you that on? Where were you on that one, Richie? Okay, come on, our accountant <laughs> should have probably stopped us from doing that one. Oh, so, you know, no longer so our accountant. <laughs> we, fired, yeah. we fired him first. <laughs> so what you're saying is Gino uh, pulled a Screlly? He did. He pour, he pulled a Martin Martin Shkreli, and we were the reporter who threw away her entire life to attempt to date Martin Shkreli, who then ghosted her while he was in prison. That's the best. The basis for that story there, which wow. Corey, I don't know if you know any of that, but I don't. Yeah, and I don't well, want thing, to. Actually. One thing you might know about Corey is. Uh, the next person is Paul K. Sarowski, oh, yeah. who is BBD's Wall Street photographer, has had some great new in things in in the uh, the Discord lately. I don't know. You if said you've seen something about them. Corey. You said something about Corey, and then said nothing about me. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to stall. Oh, okay. I, I, I was just trying to stall to make sure whoever pops the cans, pop the cans. Yeah, I, oh, I knew gotcha. that's what you were doing, and I I appreciated it. I did come prepared, but yeah, you know, was one a nice of these days nod. you might not, and the, and those crucial three seconds might save this podcast because I'm just gonna say if we fail at the soda thing, we fail at the podcast. <laughs> true. That's true. That's the true. room See, smelled I of chicken things. wings. See, I think Brad just read the line below and then said my name. But you know what? I won't throw you under the bus like that because our next member of the cast and crew is Max. And that is my linguistic coach. And you know what? Uh, Max hasn't been needed for a while. I've just been crushing it. So there it is. That is true, is that, Max. Uh, yes. Uh, and, and next up, we have the Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh, oh, wait, no, sorry. No, that's just a tab open. I, I apologize. <laughs> and it's uh, also not your turn, so shut up. All right, next up, we got Phil, who is our lawyer. Yes, Phil, Phil is our lawyer. Thank you, Phil, yeah. for... Thanks for being our lawyer, Phil. We've known that for a long time, and you've done a very mediocre job, but we still approve of you. Yeah, now you yes. can finally start doing some work, Phil. All right, speaking of finally doing some work, we've got JP, who is the BBP general manager. Uh, make sure that everything is up to date on codes and other business adult stuff that, yep. All right, Corey. Nailed it. <laughs> Next up, uh, we have the most unadult uh, job on the podcast uh, here, and that's uh, Max, Jason Fleurant. Max, get in here. <laughs> he said that's adult. Jason Fleurant, and that is my nemesis. You know, Jason had to actually switch games to get away from the beatings that I ensued on him week after week. So sorry, Jason. I hope uh, Legends of Runtara is treating you better. It's not. It's not. Oh, yeah. God. It's not. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Sultan Abbasi, who is the BBP designated mana dork. And this week, I believe our mana dork of the week is Cauldring the Rhyme Staff, who what on turn Jorn Snow, who on turn three will we be putting in to play an extra land or gold span no, dragon? Not, oh, Come on, oh, that's not how it works. That is how, may, exactly how it you works. may play target snow, land, you can't play two lands in the same turn. What's that? You may play target snow permanent, you can't play two lands in the same turn. Mm, you can if you've explored. Yeah, he he played a uh, <laughs> he played a he played a mana dork earlier Correct. and then played that. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, next up is fuck Eric Knoll. <laughs> Who came here? 
Ragnall. Damn it. All right. <laughs> a looming threat to humanity. Or is that is that the right one? Or do I have to read the whole thing? It is. No, he is oh, now. Just, oh, looming. fuck. No. God damn it. He is a God, threat to Eric, no, Eric Nall is now Trash Canos. First of a stench. King of the trash and the first pins. Protector of paper plates. Payer of more money to the Bash Bros podcast. Father of filth. <laughs> Lord of landfills. The unclean. Breaker of bar soap. Humanity will know his stink. All right, next wow. up. Wow, is everybody, including Keldheim, just ripping off Game of Thrones for all their content here? What the true. hell is going on? <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right, next well, up, we well, got Jeremy Sheldon. This, this was satire. So, so, it, so by law, and Phil would tell you this. What happened to like last week, where game, where people were writing articles about how Game of Thrones had just completely left pop culture with no trace? Yeah, and, and now, now it's coming back like that. Now it has dominated the entirety of the Bash Bros podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the very niche uh, world that's completely taking over here. All right, next up, we got Jer Majeldi and Jer Meldy. Oh, sorry, I butchered that. Jer Meldy is our it's merch store manager. Max. And let me tell you, we, uh, we got some cool shirts on the horizon. We got a new one coming Max. out soon. Max. Yeah. Max, it's be Max. Sweet here. Shut up. <laughs> we, need a, we need a linguistic coach up on this job. Yeah, stat. But I do agree that we've got some sick ass merch coming out. So yeah. we do have a, we do we're working on one. We're working with a graphic artist and uh we think it's gonna be sweet. But also if you're interested, you can go get the awesome Bash Bros Mario shirt. Mm-hmm. Um go buy our merch. Please. We to, yeah, we need to we need to at least make back our money on graphic design work. We need to feel something, basically. No, we yeah, don't. Make us happy. <laughs> We're not going to be able to feed our feed our editor if if you don't go buy our merch, please. Go go buy our merch right now. The link is in 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 below. Just just go. Just go. Yeah, it's in merch. below. Pay our editor if we didn't spend eighty three percent of our income on office parties. <laughs> yes. Just throwing that out there, but we do. So fortunately, yeah, we, we have Patrick, who is our office party coordinator. And Patrick's done a bang up job of spending 83% of the Bash Bros podcast income. Yeah, it's basically the Wolf of Wall Street in our office, you know? Except I'd like to be invited to one of these parties one of these days. Ooh. Mm, Do you meet the requirement? Are you a cleric? Are you a warrior? Are you a. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next up we got Filippo Scalinus, who is our. Rectum. What is. Do you need Max? Do you need Max, Brad? Yeah, he's our rectum. (laughs) Brad, do you need Max to help you pronounce these words? Yeah, I actually don't know how to say the first word. I feel stupid. I don't either, so I can't talk. Well, you spelled it wrong. That's probably why. Oh, I I just copy-pasted. It's renumerating executive chief technical utility manager, otherwise known as rectum. rectum. That's rectum, right. of course. Okay, all right. That's uh, that's cute. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got uh, next up we got Lorer, and that is our CEO. That's it. Just top dog. Oh, all right. Lorer is actually doing a good job for the company. So damn nothing, right. Nothing negative to say there. Unlike Victor, Brad's first place trophy holder. Hmm. Mm. Nothing to say here, Mister Nelson, until you yeah, return it's... me. What is rightfully you know, mine? 
Well, yeah, you can take it. It's upstairs in the living room. You know where it's at. Okay, yeah, I could take it. Well, he has to go get his own trophy. I haven't touched it since we used it as a prop. (laughs) (laughs) And I forget about Uh, it every week except for exactly this part of the Bash Bros podcast. And and this part reminds me that I have more first place trophies than both of you. Mine aren't as good. Uh, I think you want to you want to recount there, Brad. I got six first place state trophy or state champion plaques, so... Yeah, I think I got you beat. <laughs> I hear I hear plaque there. Plaque's not a trophy. Yeah, plaques aren't a trophy. And it's yeah, not six. True. I might have you guys both I did win beat, six, though, yeah. Because I have a shitload of trophies from when I played baseball, soccer, basketball, and chess. <laughs> they might be in my parents' attic, but <laughs> got an ass load of fucking chess trophies. All well, right, we got well, just the person that, to sit that, that out for that, you. <laughs> that is that is our casting crew. That's great, everyone. We got uh, everyone. There's one more. Oh no, Brad! I, no, I think no, you that's some all up. of them. That's all. Uh, everyone's Brad, done. Brad, uh, they pay ten dollars. Twenty, actually, Corey. If you knew. Oh, okay, right. okay, okay. Even better. All right, last and certainly least is Doctor Unks, who is <laughs> our resident proctologist. <laughs> Max. <laughs> Wow, come on. A resident proctologist. God, I'm sick of our ass jokes. Why? Why do you all like ass jokes? Because they're great. They're fucking awesome. Because butts are funny, Brad. Yeah. We like I'm actually We love the cheeky humor, so. Yeah. I'm actually touching both of my cheeks right now and I didn't notice it. Gross. I, I'm I'm on my standing desk. I just got my hands to my sides, but then I just Yeah, I'm touching my butt. Wow. Wow. That's uh that's extra content on our Bash Bros podcast OnlyFans. Yeah. Um you can get there. <laughs> Dude, I would so start at OnlyFans. I'm in. It wouldn't I'll be a sexual OnlyFans. It would be like the like a fake sexy. Yeah. Like 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 Brian and I eating like a fucking pork sausage but from each end. But we don't even uh, get close to it. Like uh, no no no. No, 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 but we're not putting it on each other's mouths. We're eating with, like, fork and knife. <laughs> yeah, it's just a normal dinner music. party. <laughs> with, the, with the fucking music. <laughs> yeah, I'll be waiting for that content if your computer doesn't crash. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I, I'm, this is, I am going to go take a shower because I got up super early and just worked uh, on last minute deck stuff until we did this. Yeah. And then submit it. So I'm going to go take a shower and then I'm literally going to beg everyone I know that helps me with computer stuff to figure this shit out because I'm going to do a few tests on my own to see if it's memory or something because it's literally pissing me off. I have a very expensive setup Mm -hmm. and it's not working and it's pissing me off. Yeah, that is frustrating. I mean, I buy a new car and then the car keeps breaking down on you. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Hey, I mean, I had uh, my internet problems. I've had to get new computers. I've had to deal with all that crap, and it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's just insane to me that, like, yeah. I can't stream right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if I want to, and I have to this weekend, so I have to fix this. Yeah, yeah. BBD, is that your problem as well? You can't stream either, right? Yeah, it's a computer issue. It doesn't, it's not working. <laughs> Hasn't right, been well, for years. That, that, that's going to be it, everyone. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Jonathan, for fucking building this Frankenstein of an episode back together after all the crashes. Uh, we love and appreciate all of you. So uh, I hate to interrupt here, but apparently remu- remuneration is actually a word. I was wrong. So remuneration and remuneration are both words. 
Well, we better get Max to help you out too. Okay, goodbye everyone. Yep, later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.